This is Chrome Dome Radio, episode 45. Zach and Taylor are in the studio tonight. Hi, everybody. I'm Chris, and on this episode, we're talking season two of Cobra Kai. The website is chromedomeradio.com. We're on the social networks at Chrome Dome Radio. Give us a shout and let us know how we're doing. The video is going to be on YouTube and XOTV. Where the hell did this show come from? This show? This show. This show. No, Cobra Kai. Okay, Cobra Kai? <laughs> from the came... imagination of uh, William Zabak, right? Is that his name? Zabak. Zabad. Zabadik. I feel like it just came out of nowhere and has become one of my favorite shows on TV right now. It's better than it has any right to be. I like, just When I first heard this show being announced at season one, I remember thinking, okay, cool. It's kind of a cheap... It's, it might not be good. It sounds kind of cheesy. It's a nostalgia, like, you know, wank is what it is. It's just playing on everybody's emotions from the from days long gone. However, they've done a miraculous job. The soundtrack is on point. The storytelling is really, really good. They tap into really archetypical themes uh, throughout the entire show and develop it both through the story and through visual metaphor. And I- it's just... Solid, solid, solid storytelling. I completely agree, and I'm going to say now there will be spoilers in this episode. If you have not seen season two of Cobra Kai, go check it out now. It's on YouTube, but you have to pay for it. <laughs> Actually, so, they did announce that season three you won't have to pay for. But oh, there, nice. But there will be ads. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you don't pay for it. If you don't it. pay for okay. it. Okay. That's fine. So I, do you think that Will Smith has redeemed himself by being the executive producer of this show after... By just hanging back and not <laughs> te- not hogging the spotlight? He, Zach noticed that today. Will Smith is an executive producer on this. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Because his son starred in a terrible version of The Karate Kid starring Jackie Chan and featuring almost exclusively Kung Fu. The Kung Fu Kid. <laughs> However, to be fair, the... Uh, Karate choreography in this show is uh, it can it it varies. I th- I would I would say it varies without a doubt. Yeah. I think they've done a good job training young kids how to fight as well as they are fighting. That rumble scene at the end was pretty decent. And you're talking about in season uh, episode ten. Yeah, so we're skipping way ahead. Yeah, here. we're skipping ahead. Let's start at the beginning of season two. It starts off making so many references to Karate Kid two. Mm-hmm. And I think what they're doing is... Just slowly going through, like, all the three movies. So you think that it's going to end in season three, then? I have a feeling that season three will draw a lot of comparisons to Karate Kid 3, and Mm -hmm. then I wouldn't be surprised if 4 and 5 get into the next Karate Kid stuff. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, so you think that it's going to set it up, like, as a prequel? Like, Hilary Swank is going to make a guest appearance, because what else has she got to do? (laughs) Well, we'll, let's get more into that later. Let's keep talking about some of the comparisons of... Basically, right when when season two starts, you can tell that they're going to draw a lot of comparisons, or they're going to draw a lot of things that are reminiscent of Karate Kid 2. And I I wrote a couple things down here as as I was watching it. And if you notice, the season starts with Kreese in the Cobra Kai dojo mm-hmm. and smoking a cigar and Johnny gets him in a headlock or a chokehold just like uh Kreese had him in at the end of the uh, Karate Kid 1 yeah oh that, no, that was the beginning of Karate Kid 2 because if you remember Karate yeah. Kid 2 picked Picks up, up right off the bat yeah right off the bat right when Karate 1 Kid ends mm-hmm. and the first thing you see is that it's kind of like a, a a known fight scene now and then it ends with uh Mr. Miyagi doing his little his little dance so that Crease, you know, breaks the uh, windows as he's punching the car. How are those yeah. knuckles doing, Crease? Exactly, and he made a reference to it. How are those knuckles doing? Nice. <laughs> and you notice, too, uh, LaRusso's got the same cars mm-hmm. that Miyagi had. Yeah. Yep. 
most notably the banana boat car. Cars are <laughs> cars are featured very prominently in this show. So cool cars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Larusso owns a Mercedes dealership. Yeah. Uh, every every scene you see Johnny and he's got his like muscle car with him, and there's a lot of like bike references and just like cool looking cars all over the place. Yep. They brought the eighties. A game, them. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, except for the Mercedes, those looked pretty new to me. Yeah, brand new. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, well, it's new cars, but like that whole attitude back in the eighties, like you have to have a badass slick car. salesman. Like... Yeah, slick salesman is an eighties thing. Little fact: Ralph Macchio actually owns that banana boat car, the yellow one. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, he did get he get he got ownership of that car after they filmed Karate Kid. Quick aside: Ralph Macchio's fight scenes are the worst in the show. He's trying. <laughs> He's so bad. <laughs> He's trying. He's not stretching at all. <laughs> Another thing in episode one of season two, he uh, Larusso is teaching Robbie, who yeah. is Johnny's, Johnny's son, son, a lot of the techniques that Miyagi had taught Daniel yeah. Larusso, and most notably the painting. Mm-hmm. You know, he's pa- he's doing the same technique mm-hmm. while he's painting. Then he even does the one nail hammer into the fence, yep. which is almost the exact scene. With instead of uh, Mr. Miyagi in the background, it was it was Robbie in the background as Daniel hits the one the one nail into the yeah. fence. It, I mean, the lessons that you learn in pursuing a martial art really do stick with you. And having learned and taught martial arts before, it's it's very much is like you think about how somebody expressed uh, something to you. You try and duplicate that as uh, loyally as possible. While adding your own spin to it, which they get into with uh, with him once he's teaching them the water dance on top of the oh uh, yeah thing. the little turntable water table. Yeah. So I I really like what I love about the show is it really really represents uh, the yin yang duality sort of uh, philosophy of karate. So you have like the do style karate, which is hard hard style like. Uh, dominant represented uh, in cobra kai and represented visually by fire throughout the entire season and the same uh, can be said for say style karate which is a flowing sort of you know uh passive but still powerful and that's uh, represented by water visually throughout the whole thing and that's miyagi do karate and it's a very very it's just a, it's so consistent and it's really interesting the way they play with the uh the metaphor like for example, in the scene where uh, LaRusso is uh, doing his uh, demo at Valley Fest and his big grand finales, he's going to break the ice, which is water uh, solidified. It's frozen. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you it, for the science but he gets uh, But he gets upstaged by, uh, by Johnny's uh, Cobra Kai team, and then he lights bricks on fire and smashes them. And that, uh, and the last scene of the show is the ice slowly melting, and that, and the next, uh, the next episode is kind of Larusso trying to figure out like where he's gone wrong because every time he tries to compete, meet force with force, he uh, he everything backfires on him. His wife gets mad at him. Is uh, you know is he's like estranged from his children. <laughs> like, every, you know he gets accused of uh, cultural appropriation. Yeah. <laughs> like, it it just it all it's because he's taking the wrong approach. He's a say style warrior, so everything should he should be allowing everything to come to him. And he gets this wisdom at the beach with a fisherman who's fishing in the water, M- much like how Johnny gets his wisdom later on when he's uh, talking with his dying friend around a campfire. 
It's, it, you know, they, they each connect to this like elemental force, draw out the wisdom of the earth, and then apply it to their lives. Dude, I love that you picked up I on know. that. I yeah. know. I was just thinking that. I was, I'm was. i so impressed. Well, I mean, it's it's so, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, Is to it me, obvious it's just, it to says, you? Yeah. It yeah. just jumps out at me. I'm like, I noticed it in the first season, too, which is why I really loved the show in the first season, because it's so well thought out, not just from a storytelling point of view, but again, from that visual storytelling. They, they reinforce these things and it, you you know it without knowing it it's something that's just subliminal in your head you're just like yes fire and fire and stone is the uh you know that's fire and earth is the the elemental like alignment of of uh cobra kai karate just like the you know water and air the passive elements is what uh is aligned with uh miyagi do and i, I just i love that duality and i love the because it, it, it goes even deeper because in the first season Johnny is fighting with all of these inner demons, right? It's this internal right. force that uh, that he's fighting with and trying to conquer and you know become like a, a you know an actualized man. Where meanwhile, uh, Ralph Macchio's uh, character Daniel Larusso is fighting the external forces of his com- his combative rivalry with Johnny. So John- Johnny is the external force acting upon Daniel Larusso and. Uh, Meanwhile, and Johnny's just trying to like get his get his stuff together, but it, but this season they flip that around, right? Because now Johnny has all of these external forces because he's become you know a, a self actualized person. He's actually making an effort and building himself into uh, a successful businessman and a you know a karate dojo owner. But now he's opened himself to all of these new opportunities to disappoint people or, you know, misguide people or have uh, problems with relationships. So all of these external forces are now acting upon him and the personified increase specifically, whereas Daniel LaRusso's uh, struggle throughout the entire season is always like an internal one. It's returning to that inner peace. Like he even says it. He's like, this is a meditation that I do whenever I lose focus. So that that his is the internal struggle. And they just keep on flipping it on the head, which again goes back to the yin yang because if you know what the symbol looks like, it's a circle with a white side and a black side and a white dot in the black side, a black dot in the white side because it's darkness within light, light within darkness ad infinitum, on and on and on and, o- and over and over. And it plays out in all of these different scenarios within the inner relationships of all the kids in the dojos and the the coaches themselves, the trainers themselves, the senseis, which it, it's just, it's so well done. It's really well thought out. And I don't know. No, I just really love it. You're absolutely right. But you mentioned a lot of things. Just yeah. 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 You're unpacking. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So no, that was amazing though. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get it out there before I forgot it all. Um, the ice was also significant. The ice is very significant. Because that is the, the six sheets of ice that he broke in Karate Kid 2. Right. And there's uh, six sheets. Remember that whole yeah, thing? Yeah. Yeah. Then you mentioned the guy, the fisherman on the beach. Looked like Miyagi. And had the persona of Miyagi, which kind of made me think. So they haven't gone into the whole like splinter over the from Ninja Turtles when he's yeah, like over yeah. the fire, or like a like a, a ghost a force ghost out of Yoda. Mm-hmm. But that was to me almost like them saying that it was like the soul of Miyagi still being around. Yeah, of course, because that's the 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 big thing about martial arts and karate in particular there's this whole mysticism uh around karate 
that uh, is, honestly is probably mostly fake. It's yeah. it's an Okinawan thing. They can probably you can probably there are people that claim they can track their school's lineage like back all like two thousand years to the. Uh, founding of okinawan karate when they wrote the bubishi which is a fascinating text it's a lot of like uh, eastern medicine but what it is, is the bu- say that what is the bubishi the bubishi it's the bubishi and it's a it's an ancient document uh, describing uh, non uh weapon techniques because in Okinawa, weapons were banned because they were trying to keep the people subjugated. So that's why they developed karate. It was an empty hand style. And the whole thing was one strong fist. You're supposed to be able to take out your opponent in one shot. That's why if you watch karate tournaments today, you see once they get they get a downed opponent, they'll throw that they'll throw like a fake strike to the bottom. Just it's kind of like a bit of pageantry uh, representing the roots of the thing is like this means you're dead because I killed you with my one strong fist. Yeah. It's not exactly how so martial Taylor, arts really work. But. Taylor, you are not <laughs> as big of a fan of the original trilogy as probably Zach and I are. What did you think about season two? Oh, I loved it. Yeah? Well, I just love the show. I love the nostalgia. I love the script is good, but the mediocre to poor acting. Um, <laughs> Can be the- distracting a little, right? Like, who's who are you thinking of in particular? Uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Ralph Macchio? No, not Ralph Macchio. He's I one of the better. So funny. Yeah. yeah, he's one of the better guys on that show, as uh, far as an actor goes. Daniel's teacher, the uh, Larusso's enemy. Jesus, I can't think of his. Oh, name. Johnny. Johnny. Johnny? No, I, thought, I think he's doing good. I thought he has some really great dramatic scenes. Like, I whenever think he's, he's talking- gotten better. He's improved from season one, but you can tell like they're they're shaking off the dust. Well, I mean, what about the the scene where he's talking with Miguel in the diner and he's going up? Like, That's good. That Sam needs to go to some improv classes. That would hurt me. <laughs> Sam. That's uh, that's uh, Daniel's daughter. daughter, right? Yeah, yeah she's, uh, she's. I was worried about her in season one. She's not that great. I think she did okay in season two. I was a little bit worried about her as well. I love how her little brother is just like completely uninvolved. <laughs> He's Anthony. so oblivious. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, could you guys cook me something? <laughs> well, the funny thing, so you, one of my favorite things about the show is that it's literally just two little dojos in California, and, it's and they so make it so big epic. and so dramatic. Yeah, and that's what I love about the show is that it understands what it is. And it's so meaningless. Anthony, <laughs> Anthony, whenever he pops, he's not in the show much at all, but when he does pop up, he's just not paying attention. He doesn't care about any of it. Because it doesn't you matter. S- you start to realize the actual significance <laughs> yeah. of it. It's like, whoa. And Amanda calls it out, too. So yeah. she yeah. she's always there, like, really? Keeping it down to earth. Yeah. You know you have a job, right? <laughs> you know you own a car dealership, right? But it's so much it's so le- much less important than like this connection to his childhood and these like formative events for him and this rivalry which in many ways defined his life because having I you know, I had a uh, a rivalry in high school as well. I had a uh, a kid that beat me 3 times during the year in a, a various wrestling events. Does not sound like much of a rivalry. It just sounds like an ass kicking. Yeah, it kicking. just sounds like you lost <laughs> till I till I beat him at the state semifinals. Hey. And the, we were wrestling to see who would go to it was console semis. We were wrestling off to see who would go for uh third third or fourth or fifth or sixth. The winner goes for third or fourth, the uh, loser goes for fifth or sixth uh i narrowly defeated him after studying tape of our three matches and uh watching his matches with other people and seeing how he uh 
how he beat him. So I, I kind of gamed the system a little bit and trained specifically for him. Well, you're not gaming the system at that point. No, I was just, well, I mean, I don't think he, he'd beaten me three times. He wasn't paying attention to me. Well, that's so. the, you, you outdid him then. Yeah. I mean, you did what you needed to do to defeat him. So, exactly. And it was one of, to this day, it was a, it was a formative experience. It's one of those things like, okay, if I put my mental energy towards something, and try and outsmart somebody, I can I can do that. And so that raises a question for me. When in the show do you think that they're pulling out a VCR and <laughs> popping in a VHS to relearn each other's fighting styles? Oh, I mean, are you talking about uh, Johnny? Because I don't think he ever got rid of his VCR. <laughs> Dude, that is so funny how Johnny is almost like a caveman that was unfrozen. Yeah. Like he just missed the last 20-something years. He's just been drinking and listening to Guns N' Roses the whole time. But he's a character. <laughs> that brings in the older generation and has them interested and has and he, nails their humor. The so, script really brings in a lot of different generations for this. I think why you think he's a bad actor is because some of the dialogue is just some of the dated language that he uses. It's There's no way it doesn't sound hokey. Like the scene when he's in um, the uh, Home Depot or whatever and he meets Chubbs. <laughs> By the way, Chubbs, Raymond, Stingray, yes. the same character three times. <laughs> He is the same type of character. He brings the nostalgia. He represents, he pays homage, let's yeah. say, to the 30-something-year-old person, my age, basically, yeah. watching the show. I mean, he shows up, uh, Johnny's wearing a Metallica t-shirt. That's the first thing he says. Metallica! Noise! <laughs> and, and then he makes a reference to Caddyshack and does it's the just, whole... <laughs> which is perfect. He, he actually does it really well. <laughs> he looks a little like a gopher. So it's like... <laughs> And then, uh, and then he's he's like keeps on making all these '80s references. He's like, "Yeah, I wasn't even alive back then." But <laughs> and then he mentions. Uh, but the the reason I brought it up is the one thing that he he says. He's like keeps on going, and uh, uh, Johnny's just like. I don't know, man. I was partying with babes back then. Yeah, he says babes. Which is the silliest. Like, you, who talks like that? Like somebody from the 1980s, and that's it. There's a lot of dialogue that that is from that time period the way they use Not the word nerd. the way they use the word nerd nerd is awesome nerd is offensive again yeah it's not just a cool thing you know with the uh, thick glasses yeah <laughs> you're nerds they're like nerd and it's like the worst thing they could possibly call each yeah. other nerd i'm gonna beat you i'm gonna beat you're a corpse because you're a nerd <laughs> stingray also brings up the ninja turtles a couple times oh does he again because that. when uh larusso at valley fest is fighting with the uh the the bow staff yeah he even says that's what donatello uses it's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid his character is just that's all it is it's just purely to point out how over the top and weird everything is another amazing thing they're doing with this show is i feel like they have clearly said that there is a good and an evil yeah yet there's a gray area, and the gray area isn't good and evil. The gray area is where the people fall. Yeah. Now, again, this is where the the duality takes place uh, th because there's always good within the evil and evil within the good. Because you have this this like powerful relationship between Miguel and uh, Johnny that with you know which is forms the basis. It's a good beginning for and even the uh, his attempt to rehabilitate crease it comes from a good place it turns out to have an you know there's there's a you know what what's the saying hell is uh, the path to hell is paved with good intentions but it, there's a, there's always that room for you know re, uh, redemption and that's a, that's what I really loved about the first season was Johnny's redemption arc. And now uh, with the way that this season ended, I'm just I'm kind of 
I'm interested to see where it's going to go because it's not going to be a satisfying story if they just, you know, leave him down in the dumps forever. But, but he's got, you know, they're bringing Allie back into it. He's got to find his son who is apparently on the run for attempted murder now. I mean, yeah. how are they going to reconcile that? Yeah. And then we've got Kreese. He takes over Cobra Kai. He reclaims it as his own. Johnny is just on a bender. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. He's done. And uh, Amanda makes Daniel close the dojo. I mean, is there a karate show anymore? See, now I think is the perfect opportunity for them to bring in the solution, the tra- traditional solution to the uh, to the dualistic problem. It's not you don't get you don't ever get rid of the evil within yourself. You embrace it. You embrace the darkness. You embrace your opposite side and combine and become a, a, you know an ambiguous whole. And that's uh, the only way I see that happening is with uh, Johnny and uh, LaRusso take, joining forces and taking on Crease at the next Valley tournament. That's what we see happening. <laughs> like Johnny is going to come back in. He's going to get Daniel to reopen Miyagi-Do. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to have... Miguel's uh, going to make a full recovery. I don't care what anyone says. And Robbie's going to be his best friend. <laughs> <laughs> we should go character by character and what we think is next in store for them. Okay, yeah. let's start Let's start with Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's character will never change. <laughs> and I hope it never changes. He's just going to be playing video games, asking for some uh, Belgian waffles made from scratch. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's... That's kind of his deal. <laughs> let's well, let's start with the Karate Kid himself. Where does Daniel Larusso go from here? I think he continue it and continues down his current path of trying to find the balance uh, between his work life and his passion for karate, and at the same time trying to. He was right there until that uh that party uh and his daughter screwing up and then he kicks <laughs> kicks uh johnny into the damn tv that was the most unreasonable scene to me this season like i could not there's a lot of it, unreasonable scenes <laughs> <laughs> but that one in particular it was very difficult to get past you've got two adult men with high school uh students for children and uh you know they're just trying to you know, they don't know what the right thing to do is. They're mm-hmm. making a mistake and they're learning. And Daniel shows up, you know, find my iPhone. And he kicks down the door and Johnny didn't even let him in the first place. Like, you understand that's the dude's child. Like, if you don't let the man in, you're kidnapping his daughter. And then it's like that. Then it's weird. It led to the fight that everybody had been waiting for for two seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they it did. They just wanted to see Johnny and Daniel go just at it again it a little bit. But that was how they brought it about, and I thought that that was so weird. That was so. I don't weird. know. I was okay with it. But I think as far going back to where the characters go from here, I think for Daniel, he's gonna wait for permission from Amanda to get back into it. I think that he's gonna. She's the one that gonna, made him stop it. He's gonna wait for permission. Come on. Yeah. I think that he's going to wait for his wife to say, you know what? You're you're too far gone. You're too far depressed. You need too, this karate, for it. but you need to find a balance. He's a fiery Italian young man. He can't help himself. He's going to he's gonna keep on practicing karate in secret. I don't know. Or something. I, th- I think he's going to step away. I think he's going to Luke Skywalker for a little bit. Yeah, he will, but it's yeah. not going to last long. No, no. And that is, I think... I, th- well, I think probably Johnny reaches out to him for help. Correct. That's where I'm thinking. No, I don't think for help. I think he Johnny is going to bring LaRusso back into the game. Probably. 
Yeah. One way or another, he's going to... Maybe even Johnny might even take over Miyagi-Do for a while. Uh, uh, he's not going back one. to Cobra Kai. No. Not, no. not currently. Yeah, but he's not just going to show up to LaRusso's house and go no. into the dojo and be like, all right, kids, but for what today's if, what lesson. If, what if he goes to LaRusso... They have a beer because when they have a beer together, they seem to get along. Every time. Yeah. And, and he says something to the nature of, look, I know you can't be involved right now. Let me take over. I think it probably happens through their kids. Ru- fair that, enough. Like uh, Sam re- reconnects with Robbie. Uh, Rob- Robbie reaches out to Sam while he's on the lam. That's, that's the most puzzling thing. He just like ditches school and like returns to his life of crime. And uh, so you think Robbie's headed down a? Where's he gonna go? Mom's in rehab. He uh, he just basically almost murdered his uh, you know his father's protege. Yeah. So the direction, and he knows the relationship between his father and um, not uh, Miguel is one of father son. But they're gonna be estranged too, but now because Carmen. Carmen is like, oh hell no. Yeah. Carmen blames. Johnny for the whole incident. Right. Which is unreasonable on her part. But. Right. Right. Yeah. I think then I'm interested to see where Miguel goes once he inevitably heals. You think he's going to make a full recovery? I think he makes a full recovery. Towards- I'm calling partial recovery and he's not able to uh, to fight in karate anymore, but he participates in the dojo still. I think he does. I think he does rehab all season three. And by the end of season three, he makes his triumphant return. And I think his return is to Cobra Kai. Wait, under Crease? Under Crease. No, I don't think so. I think he's going to go... going to do a heel turn? Here's why I think so. Because they teased a heel turn at the end of season one. Here's why I think so. Okay. In On two different occasions, uh, he was taught a, an honorable way of fighting by Johnny. And it went bad for him twice. Twice. Yeah. It went bad for him twice. Then there was one point in episode six, I think, where he warms up to the teachings of Crease, where he actually goes and apologizes. Right. Yeah. I'm so sorry for being disrespectful. Da da da. I shouldn't have questioned your lesson. Yeah. So yeah. I think he comes back, joins and Cobra he shows, Kai. He shows mercy to Hawk later, and then he shows mercy to uh, to Robbie, and Robbie, I mean, basically cripples him at least for a season. Yeah. You know, we'll see. I don't know. That's an interesting take because then that opens up the. Four. They've renewed for season three. Are we? They are. Sure? It is official. Season three was announced. Are we sure that there? This is like a five season arc. We go in five no. seasons in a movie. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I have a feeling it's going to go five season arc. Because here's why. It's a popular well, show. Well, Allie's coming back. I'm I'm curious of what y'all think about Allie coming back. Well, it's, I, it's the best original YouTube feature like thing that they're producing, ever. right? Yeah, it's, the, it's their most popular one by far. Yeah, it's got to be. So they're going to keep milking this cow until, yeah, that until makes sense. it's not good anymore. Aww. Hopefully they don't. Hopefully Aww. they go out honor honorably. Yeah, that'd be nice. Season one ends with a cliffhanger of Crease. Mm-hmm. Season two ends with a cl- cliffhanger of Allie. Yeah. Allie's coming back. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. So Elizabeth Shue, man, we haven't seen her in a while. What's she look like today? I don't know. Probably still hot. Let's see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> my prediction also for the the uh end of season three is that the cliffhanger will be some sort of a connection with hillary swank <laughs> calling it now they're bringing the next karate kid into this will she be transgendered uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. all right elizabeth shoe uh, she's holding up let's see i here. don't know i could actually share the old screen so that everybody could that's see that's a current picture yeah i, mean, I that's, guess that's not a great 
No, that's great not. photo. But no. oh, what about the one on the right? She is that a mugshot? Wait, go back, go back. It's I think not I saw a mugshot. No, a mugshot. Go second row, bottom no. row. This one. Over. That looks like a mugshot. No, oh, she's not, like, okay, it's a, okay. It's a candid. It'd be a wonderful no, mugshot. She looks. Like, she looks like an attractive uh, older woman. That's an older picture. How old? I'm. I'm gonna say at least mm. five years old. I wish. I hope we were screen sharing at least. Yeah, I share that. All right. What's in store for Hawk? Um. He and other boy are going to become friends. They're gonna. They're. I think Hawk. You think that it's just gonna be a rivalry? Like it's. Yeah. He went whole hog on full. He went like full on douchebag. Uh, this whole season. But I mean, he's at, he's training with Crease at the end of the the season. So, so he, that's only gonna harden. He is the quintessential '80s bully. He was really he bad. Is. They brought it back. But, but they they're going to create a moment in which Hawk and. His friend, ex-friend. That's his eventual arc, I would hope, because he started off like weak and you know defenseless, and then decided that he was going to cultivate this persona of a you know of a badass. And yeah, m- maybe so. They kind of had scenes in season two where mm-hmm. you thought he might come around again. There was that Doctor Who scene with Dimitri, yeah, where he's like, "I don't watch that nerd, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> nerd yeah, stuff yeah. again." Like it's yeah, the most yeah. insulting thing. And then he suddenly gets interested when Dimitri mentions that Doctor Who is a female now, yeah, and he's like, "She." What did she? What did he even say to her? I forget what he said to her, the to him to make him like go off the handle and like pour the beer on his head. No, he looked back at the chick that he was once dating, uh, and she was making was. out with the other that's chick. That's right. That's right. They had that weird lesbian scene with seventeen-year-olds. Really, uh, really out of the left field there, that one. But anyway, uh, the Tori fi- does she come back or is she actually going to be expelled? Do you think oh, by that the way, she returns? Everyone's expelled. Everyone's expelled. They ought to be. Everyone's expelled. They hit a teacher. <laughs> a teacher got knocked out. I mean, it'd, it'd so be, now they have nothing to do except karate. I mean, it, maybe they're all going to some sort of like juvenile delinquent school together. Oh. And they have to work reconcile their differences that way. So new characters will be introduced. Ooh, and they all have to learn karate too. Well, maybe they all already know karate. Some other foreign karate from a different, like, outside the valley school. This is how they bring in the kung fu. This is how they raise the stakes. It's actually, like, statewide karate tournament now. Yeah. It's not just the friggin' valley. <laughs> What'd you think of the reunion episode? Uh, with the all the dudes riding Harleys? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was an appropriate uh, send-off. They made, uh, also, when they put on their masks, they were all skeletons. All skeletons. That was that. a reference to Karate Kid 1. Yeah, yeah, very nice. At the Halloween party where they're all dressed in skeletons. Being super cool and smoking dubs. Yeah. And, and the, then, then that jerk, that jerk LaRusso pours water on them, ruining their good time. Yeah, exactly. And then they get jumped by some old karate teacher. They did. <laughs> Miyagi jumps him. It's the worst, man. <laughs> well, he's protecting LaRusso. But LaRusso was getting what he had coming. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? You're, you you pour water on a group of four, like, larger, older students. Yeah. You're going to get your butt kicked. That's what's going to happen. That was what was so great about season one is they went along with the fan fiction mm-hmm. of, at one point, which was a fan fiction. You know, you know, you ever read those things where people, like, have a other side of the story type thing? Yeah. The one for Karate Kid was that Daniel LaRusso was the, really the antagonist the whole time. And he kind of was. I mean, he was kind of this, uh, he was hitting on this dude's uh, girlfriend. I he mean, stole Allie from Johnny. He he punched him. Yeah. First. Hit him first at the beach. Yeah. yeah. I, and he it was an illegal kick. 
And the elite, obviously, the most obvious one was the illegal kick Super at the end. Illegal. And they mentioned that in season two again. Yeah. At the dinner, oh, which yeah. was a great scene in the Mexican restaurant at the dinner table. Oh, I yeah. love that scene. <laughs> when, and, and the wives are just like, especially Amanda. Yeah. She's like, oh, really? We're, we're, we're doing this? We're yeah. talking about this right now? <laughs> they, they have competing dojos. <laughs> <laughs> they have warring karate dojos. Yeah, that's what it was. They have warring karate dojos. <laughs> She's oh. just not thrilled at all. It's Well, I mean, who would be? Yeah. It's, it's grown men in pajamas yelling at each other over something that happened 30 years ago. Oh my god! It's so silly, but it's so epic, and that, that's why I love it, because I can see myself getting so worked up over nothing. Yeah. You know, I, I see myself in uh, in uh, Johnny's character. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, and Johnny discovers the internet. What? I- <laughs> <laughs> it's the best! That's the best part of the entire season. And one season. of the first things he does is look like up naked wet, women. Wet, he's like, wet t-shirt content <laughs> he starts typing in such old school things too <laughs> like nude babes <laughs> and then and then he looks up blood sport but yeah he, he watches old chuck norris films yeah. and like karate turn like national karate tournaments he, he's, he's some guy gets kicked in the head and he's like oh you gotta block that <laughs> so perfect it's so funny how, he, like I said earlier, like he just came out of like he was unfrozen in 2019, and now he's here with the internet. He's got to learn it. That's my favorite part. He's like looking right and left, and then typing in like yeah. <laughs> Miguel hooks him up with a Tinder account. That uh, that was really funny too. And he doesn't know what to do, and he's like, "Oh, this babe's hot. <laughs> Swipe right. <laughs> Can I borrow this jacket? Yeah, sure, whatever." And that actually led to his Tinder dates in the restaurant where he's not interested in any of them. And then finally, there is a chick that he is interested in, but mm-hmm. he's more interested in, what's Miguel's? Uh, Cam- Carmen. 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 Yeah. Carmen. Carmen's boyfriend at the time, and it led to a classic, like, 80s beating. Yeah. In, in an if a- you talk to her again, a- yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Even kid. better because he's European. Yeah. Mate. <laughs> he was so, Australian. What? No, he was... Uh, was he British? Yeah, he was British. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. think he was British. It was, uh, but it, you know, it's just one of the slick European douchebag coming into like, you know, uh, scheme on some chick, and you know, he's the, the badass, you know, eighties protagonist that's just coming out. Hey, I don't appreciate you treating women that way. Yeah. So it's like so white knight. Yeah. Like, which is just kind of played out in gross today, but they the way they did it, it's just you're like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like. Uh, you're lucky I show you mercy. And he's like, this is mercy. <laughs> this is mercy. <laughs> this is mercy. <laughs> the, uh, back to the uh, episode where everybody reunites, Tommy dies. Yeah. yeah. Put him in a body bag. Exactly. And if, if you don't know, back in the original Karate Kid, that's one of the, probably his most famous. One only, of his only it's lines. Like only line, yeah. Like, he, he yells during the final fight scene, put, put him in a body bag. And the last time you see Tommy, he's getting, getting zipped, zipped away up. in a body he's bag. He's getting zipped up in a body bag. No, I thought that was a cool. There's a ton of cool homages scene. in there. What really cracked me up about that is Johnny's the only one that looks like his uh, younger <laughs> self. Yeah. None of them look amazing? anything like, like, two of them are bald. Or wait, are yeah. all three? Yeah, like two of them are. Yeah, two of them two are, bald. are bald. Yeah, they're all like overweight. Hey, man, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I, reevaluate this video and ourselves twenty years from now. How about that? Fair enough. That? Yeah. Fair enough. Then you, Johnny has that dream, uh, dream sequence with Carmen, which is yeah. That's again <laughs> '80s send off. That's like every beer commercial I've ever seen. Yeah. Shh, go 
pouring Coors down her face. The banquet beer, of course. He's drinking the banquet beer. Who drinks that much Coors? <laughs> He's drinking Coors constantly. Hey, it's cheap and delicious. <laughs> and that was a White Snake video, by the way. Yeah, that Carmen stuff. That was, and White Snake was playing. Yeah, that did a lot. Did. There's a and, lot of. And great then he wakes up, and it's just like his phone alarm waking him up. It's here I go again by White Snake. By the way, now that we're talking about White Snake and music, the soundtrack you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, I mean, phenomenal, top top shelf. I will put it this way: it is correct. Yes, the soundtrack is correct throughout. Hashtag accurate. They are making references to the originals. They're bringing in new songs that fit in perfectly. In fact, the last scene where Taylor, you were just singing the song a second ago, "Cruel Summers," mm-hmm. and then the last thing we see is the message from Allie she's it's a friend request on Facebook to Johnny yeah and then it cuts out the song that's playing is Cruel Summers that's significant because that's the song that's playing in Karate Kid 1 when Allie finds Ralph Macchio on the soccer field hmm so that's how that's like her song but they used a different version at the end and it was very eerie it was very creepy and mysterious and to fit the tone of the episode yeah interesting and the character yeah, the one that really stood out for me was uh, The Show Must Go On by Queen. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was when Tommy died. Yeah. The, yeah. That, which was just, you know, it, yeah, like, this is a problem. Yes. But life goes on. So must the show. Freaking perfect. I said that the first time we watched that episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, having Queen right... I said it as I was walking I was walking away to go to the bathroom. I was like, Queen right now? Really? The show must go on? Yes. What was the song they were playing during the... Uh, during the demo at the Valley Fest, was that a uh, was that Kickstart My Heart? I don't remember. I wanna I wanna say it was Kickstart. We would have to look that up. I don't remember. It probably was another tribute or something. Yeah. Anyway, I just like that song. Absolutely. Kickstart My Heart. Let's talk. Let's talk about episode ten because it was freaking epic. I know we've already talked so much about it. It was like twenty minute fight scene in that show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a really, really long fight scene. P- girls dragging people by their hair down the stairs. Oh, kids yeah. getting knocked everywhere. The <laughs> stingray coming in and just. Dude, I love that- how they set him up to be present for this fight as yeah. one of the students of Cobra Kai. And he's just giving Hawk the high five. <laughs> he's obviously just beating up Miyagi. <laughs> he's essentially interviewing for his job, and he gets the chance to be like, "Yeah, let me prove myself and get this position." I got this. He just starts beating everybody, and he starts beating up Miyagi Do's students, just and beating then- children, <laughs> just a grown man, just <laughs> kicking the crap out of high school students. He, uh, <laughs> God, that scene. So you were worried about some of the choreography, and I get it. Some of it was loose, but. Yeah. Some of it was better than others. I didn't mind it so much because watching it reminded me like, it was like I was watching a fight scene in the 80s. A little bit. Yeah. It was a lot yeah, like that because that. they didn't have the, the, the technology to even use CGI. Mm-hmm. They relied entirely on good choreography and good camera work. Yep. And there were parts of that fight scene, and I was going to mention as we were watching it, it was one shot. Mm-hmm. Not the whole thing. But yeah. a good, like, three minutes of it, when they're fighting specifically in the hallway, mm-hmm. it would go from, like, Tori 
fighting uh what's LaRusso's daughter's Sam. name? Sam. Yeah. Tori's fighting Sam and then Miguel is fighting Robbie right. and then it goes to the two and, and then it goes back and then like bef- a bunch of the Aisha's fighting like all these kids. Unbelievable. Yeah. They really, had to really do good. that in one shot. I wonder how many times that took. That was the, that was definitely the best uh fight scene of the entire show. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean where we see some questionable spots as far as the choreography and the realism it's kind of like well yeah. I mean if you're if you're trying to achieve something you know one really bad moment was when uh during probably my second favorite fight scene of the uh show which was the bar fight during the reunion episode mm-hmm. where uh Tommy just throws like a really lazy right hand and uh smacks uh some random bar I noticed Patron. that today. So, by the way, I watched some of these episodes twice so that Zach could catch up. Yeah, because I had only gotten through episode five, so we had to binge it, and that's why I'm still really excited and processing all yeah, of that. Yeah, you just finished it. I'm just I'm just so hyped about it. But you mentioned the Tommy punch. I didn't notice that the first time through. I noticed it the second time. No, it was just lazy. It was, it, a, it was a lazy punch. Yeah. He seems like he was probably one of the only of the four that were fighting that wasn't ever trained. Real, uh, real chubby for a cancer survivor. Yeah. <laughs> Or a cancer patient. Cancer rather. patient, he didn't really. Survive. He did not survive. No. May he rest in peace. You're the champ, Johnny. <laughs> You're the t- yeah, that was at the the that was the last thing he said to him. You're, You're the, the champ. champ. Perfect. Yeah, that was another thing that I that I brought up to you guys. Like these people are sitting at a bar. They're approaching fifty if they're not already. And they are talking about their high school girlfriend that got away. And it's like, you care this much about like something so insignificant? But it shaped, that was something that shaped Johnny's future. Yeah. It was that and it was the kick. And his character, yeah, Mm -hmm. and where everything comes back. Right, and it was that and the kick. I mean, it was LaRusso. Yep. Shaped who Johnny is right now. Yeah, that uh, a, a big loss like that can... I can uh, set you back a ways. It can. It, it, that's the agony of defeat. It's crushing. But um, I don't know. One other thing about that fight scene, which was just, it was so wonderfully concocted because there's just this jerk that's again Johnny playing the White Knight, like coming in. He, not directly though. Just the guys being a jerk to the some lady like trying to grab her butt or whatever, and Johnny's just like, yeah, we got next on yeah. the pool table. The guy, and the guy's just like. This guy pursues a conflict with an old man for no reason <laughs> and has gauges in his ears. And I've always thought this about gauges. I'm like, that is such a disadvantage in any conflict that you're going to get in. He you have a, the gauge out of his ear. Awesome. Perfect. Why and, wouldn't you? And the ne- it shows it for a split second, but he legit has blood all down yeah. the side of his face. Bro, I have never seen somebody with those and not had that impulse. Yeah. <laughs> Not once have I've never How acted hard would on it be it? to rip that out of your face? Not hard at all. Like peeling an orange. <laughs> I used to have gauges. You you look dumb. <laughs> and your ears smelled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so then we should also mention in one of the final scenes is really when you get to understand that Johnny's not going back to Cobra Kai. He's drinking on the beach. He has a bottle of banquet beer in his hand. Love it. He, no, it was booze. It was, it it was, was straight up booze. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. was yeah. He was brown bagging it. Hey, he, well, you're right. Yeah. I thought it couldn't have been a 40 of uh No, and the, he had a screw top, a and can, it was a right? see-through bottle. Oh, okay. I don't know. So anyway, he threw it at his car that he dressed up to look like Cobra Kai. Yeah. And you see the liquid dripping down over the Cobra Kai thing. Water. Mm-hmm. At the beach. At the beach. Yeah. He's water. Out of his element. Yep. 
And he tosses the, the keys into the side and just walks off into the sunset. And chucks his phone at the ocean. Yeah, right as Allie's about to reconnect with him at his lowest point to bring him back up. Somebody's getting a free <sighs> challenger tomorrow. I mean, he did throw the keys in there. Maybe like, Robbie. Maybe Robbie He's runs to the way. beach. He's like, yeah. That's my dad's car. <laughs> Mine now. <laughs> I'm going to Mexico. All right, so predictions. Is Elizabeth Shue going to be in season three? Yeah. yeah. They, why would they tease yeah. it? Why would they do that? Yeah. If they're not, if, you have to think, if you're going to make that strong of a reference, that much of a cliffhanger. What else is she doing She's right already got to be signed on, right? What's the, what, oh, is, yeah. what is she up to? What is she, She's not busy. No, she's not at all. No. Can't be. All right, then do you think now they did show for one second, it might have been in episode six or seven, they showed Terry Silver. Do you know who that is? Yep. That's the guy with the ponytail yeah, from Karate yeah, yeah, Kid yeah. 3. He's a real slime ball. Mm-hmm. I think he might come back. That'd be fun. Because now what? that Crease has Cobra Kai what happened in his to him? again. I, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I was trying to think. I'm not a I'm not as big as a fan of the sequels as I am the the first movie. Uh, who is? And, the first one's the best. And really, I love the second one. Of Karate Kid? Which yeah. is the one where they go to to Japan to That's the second one. Learn the secret of the drum. And he gets that he's get the, yeah, and he gets the Japanese uh, girlfriend. Yeah. The the drum was in this too. Yep. Towards yeah, you the beginning saw he pulled the drum, the drum out of the saved box. saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Absolutely. And then the other thing is so he throws the keys into the challenger and then that's pretty much where it ends with yeah. Allie. And that's uh there you know she teased it. They teased it but they he'll opened be back. the door enough to definitely be introducing, reintroducing. Do you the think there's a time season. skip this time, or do they pick it up just like they left it off at the? Uh, I'm going time skip. Yeah, that seems more appropriate, right? You guys, you give. Miguel, I don't think it's going to be that much, though. Probably not a whole time, but you got to give Miguel time to like wake up and reevaluate his life, have the surgeries, and have a definitive statement of Are you in PT? Can you do practice karate anymore? He made a miraculous recovery. Well, you already said earlier that that. Season three is going to be focusing on his path of recovery. Yeah, but I don't know what I'm talking about. Could be anything. <laughs> Maybe he dies. No, they're not going to kill off Miguel. It'd be super dark. They won't kill him off. Wouldn't that be great though if they just did? That would be. By the way, this season. I mean, this. Uh, yeah, this season was darker, mm-hmm. significantly darker. Which, if you remember, Karate Kid Two was darker. Yeah. Than the first one because there was that whole fight to the death scene at the end. So yeah. you, ha- I'm gonna have to rewatch uh, everything. But you having the benefit of kind of reviewing this, uh, did you like season one or season two better? I think season one, going into season one, was caught me completely off guard. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it was over, I was so pumped for season two. <laughs> Season one grabbed me from what, Taylor? The first scene? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was we were let, in it. He's driving the little red firebird around town. Uh, by the way, the first thing you ever see in the show is my birthday. Oh, really? Yeah. Because the, the tournament at the end of Karate Kid 1 takes yeah. place on December 19th, 1984. I didn't re- there realize There you go, that. internet. That's my yeah. birthday. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the first I think that's also you like see. your real anniversary. Wait, what? Like before you got married and oh. you had to get the the marriage certificate in the states. I think Jet was telling me that happened oh, yeah, on December nineteenth. Is that right? Yeah. So <laughs> did we go to like because we would have gone and watched like probably a Star Wars movie with you? Probably. Probably. I don't know. I remember being at the courthouse, but that's about it. That was that was like our fake fake real wedding. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, it's something about that date. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I literally then I'm immediately 
into it. I see my birthday, you know, like, hey, that's my birthday. Yeah. This show's for me. And then Johnny's (laughs) such like a, you you like Johnny so quickly in episode one. And and I don't even think LaRusso shows up in episode one. You know what? Yeah, he does. No, I think the show is Billboard. Yeah. You know what's what's funny? I'm sorry, this is a quick aside, but because you mentioned numbers that were familiar, they said, during the diner scene, I noticed this, he he said that... um, uh, his wife was 17 hours in labor with uh, with Robbie. Jet was uh, 17 hours of labor with Caden. Hey, how about that? Yeah, I was like, huh. See, <laughs> so, it, all, it all comes around. It's all related. It's my show too, Chris. We are <laughs> we are connected to this on a deep level. I'm telling you. The we should, stakes are high. This is, are we more connected along this show's lines or uh, along like the movie Count of Monte Cristo? The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, probably. So can pretty... we like just take a moment? What you just gonna... said reminded me. There's a movie we recently watched, and it's your life story. <laughs> My life story. What yeah. movie was it? We were so watching. Vision Quest? Uh, a, a, it was a wrestler movie. Vision Quest, and it, it was about starring the, Matthew Modine. It was a, it I was don't a, know. It was a movie about the WWE. Oh, oh yeah, and no. it's a new movie with the no, Rock. I know, and... I know what you're talking about. It's anyway, not... there's a character named Zach in it, and Zach has a kid named Caden. No, really? <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's crazy. really big into wrestling and the WWE. But and... I don't like the WWE that much. I but used to wrestling. Shut up. Okay, <laughs> we're digressing. It's fine. Where were we before that? Uh, you were saying how you liked the show. Because oh, yeah, we were on season one. Yeah, okay, so then I would say season one was solid throughout, whereas season two took a little bit longer to pick up. Mm-hmm. So the first couple episodes dragged just a little bit, not too much, but it was the, the first couple episodes were really important. They were more lighthearted, though. There was more yeah. humor in the first few episodes. Yeah. Which and... is one, another thing I love about this show is they know how to, like, drag out the dramatic tension and then break it up with those mo- moments of levity yes so. see and season two ended better yeah uh i don't know the cliffhanger with crease was pretty cool it was very cool oh yeah we wasn't... were desperate to start watching season two yeah. the moment we finished the ending scene of season one i am still desperate to watch season three now mm-hmm. and i'm kind of disappointed i'm gonna it's gonna take like whatever a year and a half before they bring it back out probably a year this one took a year mm-hmm it was May last year when season one came out. It seems like a lot longer. It does, especially when there's only 10 episodes. Mm. I love that they're doing a show instead of a movie, too. Because mm. with a show, you can take a little bit of a deeper dive. By the way, we should mention the writing on the show is incredible for more than one reason. Even just as a standalone series, it's written very well. It's written really well. The dialogue, even when it's bad, is written to be bad purposely, <laughs> which just is amazing. But they also had to tie it into the original franchise. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a phenomenal job yeah. at that. Not too many continuity errors here as far as I can tell. I can't think of any. Mm. It's phenomenal. We need to we need to binge like all three movies and then watch the series again. That's what I told Taylor. Yeah. We should go back and watch them. Yeah, we should watch all three movies and then we should binge both seasons again and then just get like super excited and nerd out a bit. <laughs> Except not nerd. nerd. We, we, we no, won't nerd no, out. I was going to say, we nerd. Will, we will geek out. It is funny that they call people nerds as an insult. It's only nerds watching this show. <laughs> I wonder if that's just another tip of the cap. Well, that's that's why you want to hate them. Yeah. Yep. Don't call them a nerd. <laughs> nerds are cool. All right, final thoughts, guys. Final thoughts, and then we're going to wrap this episode up. I'm ready for season three, man. Hell yeah. 
Um, I'm the best around. Nobody ever going to bring me down. <laughs> Excellent. All right, guys, uh, let us know in the comments if you picked up on any of the Easter eggs in Season 2. How did you like it? And uh, what do you think's coming next? Give us a shout on the social networks at Chrome Dome Radio. Again, the website is chromedomeradio.com. Please like and subscribe if you like this episode. Tell your friends about us. Cobra Kai, do or die. Bye-bye. <laughs>